Welcome back, everybody, to episode five of Way Downtown. We made it to week five, surprisingly. I honestly didn't have the, the faith in myself that I'd make it past week three, but here we are now. Um, and a very interesting week in the NBA. Uh, a lot to kind of unpack. Obviously, the in-season tournament just came to a conclusion, and the Lakers were our first ever winners. Uh, LeBron, the MVP, controversial in my opinion but we'll go into that soon um some new mvp rankings the lakers apparently trying to trade delo a lot of shots taken at zion williamson this week over his weight and whatever else um and Embiid had some very interesting comments about ben simmons um which i will get into a little bit later but for now we'll start off with discussing the in-season tournament so obviously for you guys that are watching the Lakers won, um, and LeBron was named MVP. Just to quickly put my opinion on the table, I think Anthony Davis was robbed of the MVP. I wasn't too sure whether the award was based off of just the final game and whoever played best in that game or the whole tournament. Look, there's a lot of ways you can look at it. If it was just off that final game, Anthony Davis, 100%. Um, I think he had 41 points and 20 rebounds. Um, and to close out that game, he was absolutely electric. Um, I thought that was like fantastic to see AD um, playing with that kind of tenacity. And it was just awesome to watch. Um, but look, the league gave it to LeBron. Again, I'm not a LeBron hater at all, but I do think it's very narrative-based giving him that award. I think if it's based around the whole series, and I know they didn't, obviously, they didn't win the the tournament, but I think if it's based around the whole series, it definitely should have gone to Tyrese Halliburton. Um, but obviously, they give it to the winners, like just like the finals MVP. If, if it's the same kind of criteria as the finals MVP, I can see why they gave it to LeBron. Um, however, if it was just off that final game, definitely Anthony Davis. But that's not to take away from AD's um, performance as well, him not getting the MVP, because that game was um, fantastic, like I haven't seen AD play like that for a long time, um, and having a very good defensive season, he really kind of took over on offense, and it reminded me of that um, 2020 Anthony Davis, that ring season, uh, debut season with the Lakers, where he was really good, and he looked like the best center in the league, um, so it was really good to see him putting up those numbers, uh, it was a shame. I really wanted the Pacers to win. Um, I think Tyrese Halliburton had a hell of a series. Um, putting up crazy numbers, very Magic Johnson-esque statistics from him. Um, unfortunate not to see them get over. The Pacers just weren't playing to their um, the best of their ability in that game, unfortunately. But um, very bright future for that team. Um, if they continue to grow in an upwards trend, they can reach crazy heights over the next few seasons. Um, look, LeBron winning MVP obviously had a great a great run with the NBA Cup. Um, me not thinking he deserved the MVP does not take away from his greatness. Obviously, 39 in a few weeks, or not even, like a couple of weeks, um, putting up those numbers is crazy. It's, um, it's really a testament to his longevity of the game and um, this NBA Cup and MVP will bolster his uh, resume. Obviously, no 
previous superstars like MJ had the chance to compete in an NBA Cup. But it will look good on his resume. And um, I think in the final game, LeBron had 24 points and 11 rebounds. Um, look, it was a great game. Uh, he had a good series. Props to the Lakers, man. First ever um, in-season tournament winners. Fantastic. Fantastic showing for the fans. And um, <clears throat> I think Adam Silver actually deserves a lot of props for this uh, in-season tournament. There was a lot of doubters before um, before the season started about how it would be pointless, blah, blah, blah. But I think it was really good because it kind of brought some energy into a rather dead um, regular season. <clears throat> I think I mentioned this last week. Very playoff-like atmosphere. Um, obviously, a lot of the fans in Vegas would have been on a neutral standpoint. Um, but it was very, it was very fun to watch. It felt like, um, I don't know if, if how many of you guys actually watched the game, but, um, seeing Anthony Davis kind of show a lot of emotion after some clutch buckets, you don't really see that from players during the regular season. It's a very playoff thing. Um, and the crowd reactions and everything, it was really fun to watch. Um, and that's what I mean when I say like, it's playoff-esque because you get that feeling of, excitement when you're watching the playoffs rather than a meaningless regular season game so I'm keen to see how this tournament goes in the next few years I think it's um I think it's got the potential to be a very looked forward to part of the season um so well done Adam Silver anyways moving on so Zion Williamson um obviously the Pelicans bowed out of the in-season tournament against against the Lakers and Zion Williamson was underwhelming to say the least um He's had a very up and down season, a bit more trending down. Um, I say that although he's just come off a 36-point game, um, but there's been a lot of concern about Zion's weight um, and just health in general. Um, coming coming out of the offseason, there are a lot of videos and photos saying Zion's in shape, Zion's this, Zion's that, um, Zion's ready to compete, and then Coming back into the season, there's been a lot of um, a lot of speculation about his health. Stephen A. Smith, and look, don't get me wrong. I mean, if if a player's not looking after their health, they're not looking after their health, and that's a bad thing. But I, I think the way the way we handle it as as fans and media needs to be a little bit better. Uh, Stephen A. Smith went on a bit of a rant about Zion Williamson talking about how there's chefs lining up for Zion and they want him in the restaurant, blah blah blah, and he quote-unquote eats the table and I just think like there's better ways to go about this than just straight slandering the player but Zion doesn't need to be better um he's obviously was one of the most hyped prospects of all time um coming out of college and he was an all-star starter a few years ago not even I think two years ago maybe last year I think it was I can't even remember but um he's just kind of like hasn't been able to take the next step unfortunately and it's and it's sad to see because he's a player who's got a lot of potential um very Charles Barkley like and I think I think it's very frustrating for the fans who like I know I for myself I really like Zion and I want to see him succeed but it's hard when it's hard to look from an outside perspective at a player who's like quote-unquote ruining their career by not looking after themselves but so obviously Stephen A. Smith said that but then Zion's old trainer um, put on his Instagram story a graphic from Bleacher Report, um, <clears throat> and it's basically like the Pelicans have told Zion his diet and conditioning needs to improve, 
and um, he put the shrug, the shrug emoji, and he said, um, he put another photo of, uh, from Complex Sports, and it was a picture of Zion looking good, like in shape, and the caption was, in shape Zion Williamson is a scary sight, and he put, remember when, dot, 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 um, almost as if to take shots at Zion now, saying, when he was his trainer, he had him in shape, blah, 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 um, quite unprofessional, but it is what it is, somebody, so the, the poster who posted this, also left a comment, which I thought was very interesting, and it, it, it's a way to, uh, it's another way to look at it, um, overeating is a form of self-harm that impacts millions of people, it's rooted in anxiety and depression, I hope Zion figures out his struggles and finds his way to being happy about his diet, um, look, I don't like to, is that my dog in the fucking background? I don't know, can, can anybody hear my dog crying? I think my mom's come home, he starts whinging. But, um, look, I don't like to use the mental health excuse. Um, and it's not an excuse, but I don't like to blame everything on mental health. However, I think we really need to be careful when we talk about <clears throat> players and, and we're so quick to judge them and, and, and slander them for their actions, but we don't know what someone's going through. So keep that in mind. I don't know. I hope if Zion's actually going through something, I hope he can get over it. Um, because he's got so much potential, he could be the best player in the league if he really put his mind to it. Um, like I said, he's just come off a 36-point game amid a terrible season, so we'll see what happens. But speaking of players and mental health, uh, Ben Simmons obviously has missed the last few weeks of the season with a back injury. Um, we don't know how long he's going to be out for at this stage, but um, it's, it's, it's really frustrating as a fan. For the longest time, Ben Simmons was my favorite player. I, I loved him. I loved watching him. I loved I loved watching him. I, I didn't miss a single one of his games. Um, obviously, got traded to the Nets. My support for him didn't didn't lower, but it's just a shame to see him, you know, hype himself up in the offseason so much after a terrible, terrible, terrible season last year. There's my dog again. Can you hear that? Oh, my gosh, bro. Um... But yeah, so to see him take some more time off, I know he's got an injury, but it's just a real shame. Um, but on that topic, uh, on the Tyrese Maxey podcast, Joel Embiid made an appearance and he spoke about Ben Simmons. And so basically Maxey asked him who was harder to play with, um, James Harden or Ben Simmons. And I think I really liked Embiid's answer. Um, he basically said that he didn't find it hard to play with Ben Obviously, he works better with more spacing. He's, he basically said this, um, quote-unquote, I've always been one of those people that didn't believe that Ben actually needed a jumper. It, like, he was so good, he's just a monster, like, just physically. Like, someone is freaking 6'11", just running up and down the floor faster than whatever. So, like, I never believed that he actually needed a jumper. I just believed that if he could find a way to get his free throws to 75 to 80%, that would have changed everything. Because if you think about it, if he believed that he could make shots... What would he do? He would keep attacking, 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 and never stopping. And that, and then what would the defense have to do? He was already such a great playmaker. Um, and to expand on this quote, um, I believe he's 100% right. And I've been saying this for a while on my other channel, which I don't really use anymore. I have to start again, actually. Um, 
I made a video about Ben Simmons and I basically said, um, to put it into short quotations, um, Ben Simmons reminds me of Giannis in the sense that Giannis doesn't use a jumper, um, but he's so mentally strong and he attacks the rim every single possession because, um, because he's so big and powerful right, and he can get to the rim, which Ben Simmons can do, Giannis doesn't have the best free throw rating, but he can hit them at a respectable clip, okay, now, with Ben, he's faster than Giannis, he's got better playmaking than Giannis, so I don't see why he could play exactly like Giannis does, where, like Embiid said, if he can find a way to get his free throws to around the 70 to 80% mark, which is very achievable as an NBA player, there's no reason why he wouldn't have worked on the Sixers. And I didn't think... I think he was working regardless. It's just that teams would exploit his low free throw shooting. In, in that in that playoff series in 2021, he shot like 42% from the free throw line. Like, that's not... That's abysmal. For an NBA player standards, like, that is abysmal. Um, so, I, I 100% wholeheartedly agree with what Embiid said here. Um... And I, I, I also find it interesting how the the media spawned the narrative that Embiid hated Ben Simmons and would trash him and all this stuff, when that's not the case at all. Um, there was this whole narrative about Embiid throwing Ben Simmons under the bus. Complete bullshit. Um, I just, I don't know. I, 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 I think it's just an interesting quote um, to discuss. Um, and, you know couple months back, Ben Simmons said he'd be open to a trade back to Philly, so, I don't know, maybe there's some unfinished business there between these two, um, definitely, like, I as a Philly fan, definitely something I would be open to, I think if Ben's used properly, um, he can be very effective today, still, I think he's got, I still don't think he's at his best, um, I think he can play better than he currently has been with the Nets, um, it's just about finding a way to unlock that. But anyways, moving on from Ben Simmons, um, the NBA has released their new MVP rankings, um, and my boy Embiid is at the top, rightfully so, um, so right now it's Embiid, number one, Jokic, number two, who actually just got ejected from the game for the craziest reason, um, it was, I don't even think it was two texts, I think he just... Thought he got fouled, spoke to the ref, got ejected straight away. I'm not sure what exactly he said, but a lot of confusion went through it throughout the arena. But anyways, back to the MVP ranking. So Embiid number one, Jokic number two, and Shane number three. I agree with these rankings. Um, I do think Embiid is the MVP until further notice. No bias as a Sixers fan. I'm viewing this as a neutral NBA fan. I think he's the best player in the league at the moment. I know there's a whole argument about his playoff struggles. It's a regular season award. And I have a weird feeling the playoffs are going to be different this year, so watch this space, okay? But as of now, Embiid is the MVP. Um, Jokic, very close second. He's been a little up and down this season. Uh, he had a two-game stretch where he shot terribly. Very bad, actually. You got Shea, number three. Very valid. Look, not to make any crazy statements. If he keeps going the way he's going, he could jump Jokic for number two, depending on how Jokic plays as well. Luca number four. Um, Luca is being very disrespected this season. Been very good on a 
what I think is a pretty average on paper Mavericks team. Um, but he's, I don't think people are talking about Luka Doncic enough. I think he's definitely an all-star starter. And I'm going to go into my all-star ranking soon. But um, we've got the artist number five. I think it's pretty valid. Tyrese Halliburton, number six. Um, another one who's been fantastic this season. Right now, I think he's the most improved player. Just ahead of Tyrese Maxey. Uh, Tatum, seven. Kevin Durant, eight. LeBron, nine. I don't know about LeBron, nine, man. Uh, Devin Booker, ten. Okay, let's talk about the All-Star game. So, ESPN put out a graphic today, and it was titled, Kevin Pelton's Two Early NBA All-Stars. Okay, and, and I found it very interesting. Had some very rogue picks in here, and we'll go into it right now. So, to start off the West, <clears throat> his starters were Shea, Steph, LeBron, AD, Jokic. Okay, now... This is going to sound crazy, but I wouldn't start Curry. Um, he's had a bit of a down season this year. The, the Warriors aren't looking great, and I wouldn't start AD. Okay. For his reserves, he's got Luka, D-Book, KD, Chet Holmgren, and Alperen Sengun. Don't get me wrong. Two fantastic players. Not quite there yet, in my opinion. His wild cards, Darren Fox and Anthony Edwards. Absolutely disrespectful. Now, I'm going to get into my picks in a second, but for the East, his starters were Ty- both Tyrese's in the backcourt, Tyrese Halliburton and Tyrese Maxey, Scotty Barnes, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. His reserves were Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo. Now, I don't necessarily agree with a lot of those picks. Uh, he had Trey Young and Jalen Brunson as wild cards. Now, I think that list is ass. I'm not going to lie. Um, very controversial. I think the guy just wanted clicks. This is my list, and I think this is the closest to the actual All-Stars right now. <clears throat> so in the West, my starters are Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kevin Durant, and Nikola Jokic. Okay. I think KD starts over AD, personally. Um, AD's been fantastic as of late. Kevin Durant, I think he's just had a better season. I think he's better than AD at the current moment. Luka Doncic, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry, all Steph fans. I love Curry just as, just as much as the next guy. He's not a starter this year in the All-Star game over Luka Doncic. And that's not to take away from Curry. That's more to say how good Luka has been this season. He has been... Fantastic, and it, and it blows my mind that not more people are talking about him. For the reserves, I've got Steph Curry, Darren Fox, Anthony Davis, Anthony Edwards, and Rudy Gobert. Now, a lot of people aren't going to like my Rudy Gobert pick. Rudy Gobert is most definitely an all-star this season. Defensive monster. He has not been bad on offense at all. The Wolves... The Timberwolves' offense flows, and their defense looks amazing, and it's all led by Gobert, not the offense, the defense. He's been a standout this season for me. He's my pick for DPOY at the moment, just ahead of Anthony Davis. Um, And I think he's tired of the disrespect he's been getting, and more people should be talking about Rudy Gobert. Uh, big reason for the Timberwolves' success, and I don't see a big man that starts over, sorry, 
that plays all-star over Gobert. The guy in the article said Gobert, sorry, said Shengun and Holmgren. I don't know about that. Um, I think I'm still taking Gobert over both those guys. And Anthony Edwards. The fact that he had Anthony Edwards behind Holmgren and Alperen Shengun is abysmal. I'm sorry, that's crazy. Over in the East, my starters were Tyrese Halliburton, Tyrese Maxey, Jason Tatum, and look, I know I've had my opinions on Tatum. I think he still starts in the All-Star game. Giannis Antetokounmpo and Joel Embiid. Okay, now my reserves, Dame, Donovan Mitchell, Scotty Barnes, Paolo Banquero, and Bam Adebayo. Paolo has had a very, very, very good season. The Orlando Magic are a very, very, very good team. And not a single soul is talking about it. Um, he definitely deserves to be an all-star. I'm sorry, Jimmy Butler. Um, I love Jimmy just as much as the next guy. But he's not an all-star this season over someone like Bankero. Um, and I just don't think there's a better big to, to sit on the reserves than Bam Matabayo at the moment. Um... Those are my picks. I didn't have any wild cards. Uh, if I had to pick wild cards in the West, I'd say Shangoon and Devin Booker. Um, it's very controversial for me to put Darren Fox over Devin Booker. I think he's been better this season. Don't get me wrong. Devin Booker's great. I'd put Fox over him in the All-Star game. Devin Booker's my wild card with Alper and Shangoon. And then in the East, Trey Young. And it's either Jimmy Butler or, or Jalen Brunson. I'm not too sure, to be honest. One of those two. Um, but yeah, I think this all-star pick from our friend Kevin Pelton from ESPN was controversial just for clicks and comments. Um, nothing we haven't seen before. But uh, yeah, that's my all-star picks. Um, really quickly as well. So there's been reports that the Lakers are apparently looking to trade D'Angelo Russell. I can't say I'm surprised. <clears throat> D'Angelo's good. He's... Not good enough, I don't think, to be a major piece on a championship team. I love D'Lo. I think he's got the cleanest jumper in the NBA, looks-wise. Uh, no disrespect to him, of course. But uh, I think this is where the Chicago Bulls come in. So I think from December 31st, Rui Hachimura and D'Angelo Russell become available for trade. Um, and I think that's where the Bulls come in, and they look to package those two for Levine. Um, I think Levine... Brings a lot to this current Lakers team. They will have a killer starting lineup. Um, obviously, he struggles with injury issues. So that's a big factor in determining the Lakers' success. I don't see the Lakers as a contender right now with D'Lo. I don't know if I see them as a contender with Levine. I will definitely see them more of a contender with Levine than D'Lo. It's a very... Um, it's a very questionable scenario. And really quickly to end off the episode, there was a report this morning from, I don't know who, tw- I think it was Woj tweeted something. Yeah, so Woj tweeted something this morning saying that the Washington Wizards owner, Ted Leonsis, is preparing to move the team to Virginia. Um, and that's very random. I, uh, I didn't, I know the Washington Wizards have sucked recently. Um, there was no speculation about this over the past few months. I didn't hear anything about Virginia basketball. 
Um, I think there's a W move for Virginia. Uh, I think it's an untapped market in the US and DC is kind of dead in terms of basketball, but it's very interesting. Um, a lot of mixed opinions in the comments. A lot of people talking about who watches basketball in Virginia. Some people saying that's hard, low-key. That's tough for Washington Wizards fans, though. Um, but I think if there was a city that needed an NBA team, it's definitely Seattle. Um, I don't think Virginia deserves one over Seattle. I think it's going to be Vegas or Seattle. And the Sonics do need to come back. So, um, I don't know, very random tweet from Woj, but we'll see what happens with that um, as more reports will start to come out soon. But anyways, that's episode five wrapped up. Uh, thank you everyone for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Remember to like, subscribe, rate the show on Spotify, share it with your friends, do all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys all next week.